You're listening to the Astro Backyard Podcast. Capture the night sky. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Astro Backyard Podcast. My name is Steve. I'm with Ontario Telescope and Accessories. And joining me, as always, and I say that with enthusiasm, I swear I really do. You're slowing down. Am I? It's yeah, my old age. Like... Oh. It's Trevor Jones from AstroBackyard.com. How you doing, Trevor? I'm doing well, Steve. How are you? I'm doing much better. I had a I had a cold. You and, sound better. Yeah, I, I I do. And if anyone listened to our previous episode and thought that I was about to knock off and die, you were probably right. I you I, got pretty close there. Yeah, I felt terrible. Right to the edge. Yep. Um, uh, at some point they're probably thinking, "Man, this guy's just droning on and on." And uh, yeah. Anyways, we're here. So. We have, uh, you know, this subject usually does really well with our listeners. And you start looking at, like, how many people listen and and everything. Um, We start talking about targets for a particular season. Yep. Um, You know, this seems to be wildly popular. So uh, Trevor came up with the idea, well, let's talk about winter targets because, you know, winter is coming. Late fall slash early winter targets. Fall slash early winter targets. So um, I I did some research and uh, I cheated. I I did a search and uh, the first website to come up, Trevor, with winter targets, yeah, was yours. I know. I try. So, uh, um, if uh, if you don't write these down, just you know, check out Trevor's website, astrobackyard.com. That's a great reminder to update that list too. I'll I'll add some more to that post. Yeah, because the date was 2015. <laughs> well, you know, winter comes around every year. It it does. It does. Yep. Thanks for the reminder. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So, um, you know, this isn't exactly galaxy season. Um, you know, there's galaxies out there, elusive ones uh, that you can go for. But uh, I like to call November, December Orion season. Orion season. That that's true because you can you can tell almost what did, what day of the month it is by looking all the, at all the pictures on Facebook. No kidding. With and like Orion shots, which are beautiful, by the way. I'm not saying anything against them. A clear um, night this time of year, it's the first thing I do. Where's Orion? I just look straight straight at it. Yeah. Try to see Orion, the nebula, naked eye. Yeah. Just, and I, I think anyone who's getting into the hobby and wants a really nice target. That's the one. That's the one. Because you can uh, very easily get images with it with, with a DSLR or a, uh, a basic camera. Um, and if you start taking more and more shots and you stack them and you get that, work out that signal to noise and you get a lot of signal. It's like the one target you can tell beginners, go for it and you will feel great about your shot. No matter how it turns out. Like you'll, you'll get color right away. It'll, it'll, yeah, it'll be great. Yep. It just keeps on getting you as you get better. It keeps getting better, but like a 10 second exposure untracked. If if you're new, you'll get excited by seeing that yeah. purple glow. And what's nice is you can you can do it with almost any scope. So, you know, you can have a small really refractor, can. you can have a um, a larger refractor, a reflector, an SCT. Typically, the all fit in the field of view. You can do it with just a, just a lens and a DSLR. So, if, you know, for those that were listening to our um, previous episode, episode twenty six on wide field. Uh, imaging when we start started to get technical about it. Was that twenty um, six? That was twenty six. 
Okay. Yep. Um, a oh. couple of couple of episodes ago, when we when we got into uh, the details and really techy. Um, right. It's a great episode. It was a great episode. Um, you can do a nice wide fielding at the entire entire constellation. You can you can pick up a lot of color. Actually, I remember those shot you did, Trevor, um, of Orion. There was with two the 50 shots. Millimeter lens. Yeah, there was that. There was two shots that you did. I think one was with a one thirty-five or a one ten. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, and you picked up the in the, um, the rosette, and uh, yeah, uh, it had the horse head. Horse um, head. Yeah. Yeah, it was like it was like focused on Orion's belt, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, and below the belt. Below the belt. Yeah, it was. It was a really nice shot. Thank you. Um, but like what other target and what constellation can you shoot with a 50 millimeter lens or a C14, and you're gonna? It's gonna be an incredible image, right? Like, yeah, that's what Orion is. The, the constellation's got it all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we were talking about galaxies. Yeah, the big boys. The big boys. The big okay, galaxies. so the two the two big ones: Andromeda M31 and a Triangulum M33. Oh, and... I found out something really cool about the Triangulum yesterday. All right, so tell us. So, the if you've seen a really great detailed shot of the Triangulum Galaxy M33, yeah, you'll notice that there's a lot of H2 regions, that hydrogen pink yeah. uh, nebulosity in there. Yeah. So that's really cool, but one of them is so big and so bright that it's its own NGC object, NGC 604 is inside the Triangulum Galaxy. So, like, uh, there's guys that take shots, and you need a real deep, uh, high magnification to do it, but to that just get a great shot of NGC 604 within the Triangulum Galaxy. And it's such a bright, like I was reading up on it, it's such a bright nebula. It's uh, 60 times brighter than Orion. Wow. Uh, and it's, like, it's just, it's, it's Orion times, like, uh, I don't know, like 60 or something. It's just an insane nebula within the triangulum. And I had no idea, like in my shots, it was always just this kind of pink spot. And I'm like, oh, cool. Look at the nebulosity. But it's actually kind of a big deal that, 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 tar- that target. Yeah. I'm looking at it, looking at it now. That's pretty cool. Yeah. There's some really cool amateur images of it. I never thought to, uh, you know, you just think of getting the galaxy, but to, to focus in on that nebula within it, it's kind of really, that yeah. doesn't come up a lot. No, it's like a DSO within a DSO. Looks really nice. Yeah, yeah. It was discovered by William Herschel. In yep, what the seventeen hundreds? Seventeen eighty-four. Impressive. Yeah, I think he had a it was a thirty-six inch reflector. That he built. I wonder what the uh, focal ratio was. That'll be for next episode. I'll find okay. out. But anyway, yeah. I'm, so M33 is an awesome target, triangulum. And I think you you photographed it wide field last month, was it? Yeah. With uh, with Andromeda. And I think you, were, you had some focus issues, but... Uh, I never even thought of framing up Andromeda and Triangulum in the same shot, which is really cool. Yeah, it, it's a um, 
Focusing a 50 millimeter at f1.4 is not easy. Right. So I'm gonna have to. I think I put a stepper motor on it and and uh, try it. Try again. But right. But, uh, so th- you know, those are the two galaxies that um, you know are out there right now and and fun to get. Both of them are relatively easy. If you have a DSLR only. A DSLR will work just fine. Um, it doesn't need to be modified. Uh, M31 with the telephoto lens. I had a 200 millimeter um, lens. It wasn't even that fast. It was a 6.5, 6. 6.3. 6.3, yeah. 6.3 turned out great. Very, very happy with it. That's yeah. Both of them, Andromeda and M33, will turn out great with an unmodified camera and uh you don't need a harsh filter in there either because they're very blue and uh yeah you can capture some of those natural star colors yeah i really like that trying both of them actually are are kind of just in the middle of nowhere so you get that blackness of space all around them it's yeah they're isolated yeah just keep in mind that m33 is not as bright as m31 oh yeah right so there's no bright core like there is in andromeda yeah so you're you're um, exposure time would have to increase or it'd take a yep. lot more images. That's right. Although okay. that might, that being said, it might be, um, it's actually, I would say, less challenging to process because of that. Um, it's got that universal brightness to it, whereas Andromeda is so heavy in the core and dim at the edges, so you got to do it, some of the masking and stuff to get that balanced across, whereas M33 is just diffuse, and you can just keep adding exposure time and pulling the whole galaxy up at once. Yes. doesn't have that, you know, you don't have to worry about blowing out the core and clipping your highlights or anything. That's right. Cool. So let's get to the fun stuff. What do you think? Oh, that, I thought those were pretty fun. Well, those yeah. are fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what's fun? Orion? And, well, other and than Orion. There. We mentioned Orion. You mentioned the witch's head. Yes. That's that's a tough. That, you want to talk about faint? That's a faint reflection nebula, and it's getting its glow from the star, the star Rigel in yes. Orion. Yep. Uh, so very bright star, and uh, is that how you say it, Rigel? I say, say Rigel. Rigel. I'm sure our audience will let us know if we've said it wrong. Probably. Uh, we mentioned the rosette. That's, that's yeah, the rosette, it's one of those ones that uh, obviously it's going to turn out better with a modified camera because it is H2. Um, but that being said, for as far as emission nebulae go, it, it actually turns out well with a stock camera. I remember being quite happy with my results early on with the rosette with a stock camera. Horsehead and Flame. Another pretty satisfying one. Yes. Um Again, we're we're sticking within the Orion region. There's so much yeah. there. Um, yeah, we're, in, we're 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 still in the same constellation. Yep. Uh, Pleiades moving. Mo- yeah, moving uh, west. East. Oh uh, no. West. West. Yeah. Yeah. Um, part of Taurus. All right, Pleiades again. Beautiful, uh, beautiful nebula or cluster with a lot of nebulosity. Yeah. Right. Uh, to get stock, stock camera work just fine. Um, and I've seen some images taken with, again, just a lens, right? Telephoto lens and it comes out really well. 
Yep. You mentioned M78, one of your favorites. Yeah. So that's a re- that's a reflection nebula in in Orion, mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of time before you can really get uh, to show up much. But um, yeah, it's one of those fun. It's a fun project where it's like if you soak an hour into it, you can start to see it. But you soak you know six seven hours into it, uh, you get it's because there's a lot of dust that's blocking out uh, the stars behind. Yep. And I love I love those dusty kind of ghostly type nebulas like that i i've uh i've seen it through uh binoculars no way yeah you need to be in a very dark site for it though. It, it is very faint but um if you, you have to use averted vision uh you have to yep. so you have to have a general idea where it is but it's there and you can pick it up with binoculars just you know nothing too fancy i have just a pair of 50 dollar 10 by 50 binoculars and very cool. It was there. Um, you can do the same thing with the Orion Nebula. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, Orion through binoculars is great. Yep. Um, so, you know, let's stick to the uh, Taurus region. M1, the crab. This is a really cool object. And there was, um, it's small. So if you have a scope that has high, uh, high focal length, uh, probably be better, so you can see some detail with it. Um, I shot it with an eighty millimeter, and it was just too small. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, it's very tiny. Yeah. Um, M1. There was an uh, an animated image released. I think it was last year by NASA. I saw posted, that. I posted it on my Facebook page. Well, that's why. I saw. So they saw it. Um, they took images over the years, right? So yeah, I think they got fifteen years worth. Yeah, yeah, so you can actually see it growing. Right and changing. It's like rippling. Yeah, really, really cool. Really, really cool. Um, California Nebula. Yeah, you were mentioning uh, Pleiades earlier. You can. I've seen some great shots of the California Nebula and Pleiades in the same shot. Yep. Through a, through a camera lens, that's really cool. Yeah. California Nebula. I'm saying it. You need a modified camera. Yes. I I fought with it. I went to dark sky. Uh, Dark Sky site. I soaked in six hours with a stock camera, and I was barely getting anything. It yeah. just—it's like it goes from non-existence to uh, bang. Well, it's a hydrogen camera. gas region, right? Um, yeah. It, so you need that modified camera or a mono camera with a hydrogen alpha filter um, to re- for it to be picked up. And once you do that, it'll just pop. It's yeah, very, oh, very adding apparent. H alpha, that and then it really pops. But yeah, like with with a stock camera, there's that one is just there's something about it. I think because your expectations are to capture it the way of all the great you know bright red shots of the California Nebula you've seen, and those are all those ones were done with a modified camera and usually with H alpha as well. Yes, get that cloudy, rippling you know. There's a lot of uh, real cool textures to that one. So we've got a couple more on our list. Oh, no, actually, four more. This one's really cool, but it, where we are, I think it's low. So you, it, this could be tricky. Thor's helmet. Yeah, it is low. Now, this is more of a uh, narrow band object. So if you're going to uh, uh, go for it, uh, I would recommend you know a mono camera with narrow band filters. Um, a Hubble palette, I think, would work out really good, or an HOO palette. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that's a little more tricky, 
and, and a little more advanced. So uh, if you want to give it a shot, go for it and let us know how you made out. Um, it's one of my favorites. I just think it looks really, really cool. It actually looks like Thor's helmet. Well, I think a big part of that is because you're a huge comic book guy. Yeah, but but how could you not love Thor's? Oh, yeah, you're DC. DC, but still, Thor's helmet. That's a pretty sweet name. Yep, it is. Um, so tis the season. There is a Christmas tree. (laughs) Yeah, you got it. That's the most festive of all the nebulas. Yes, and uh, um, you you went for the Christmas tree last year, I think, didn't you? I did. I was more focused on the cone, which Ah, is right. right there as well. But most people get them. In the same shot. I've yep. never really done it justice, and H-Alpha really helps with that. But, that's yeah, that's a really beautiful area, the, the Christmas tree cluster and the cone nebula. Yep. So, you know, talking about uh, clusters, um, two really bright ones, the beehive mm-hmm. and the double cluster. Beautiful yeah. DSLR objects again. Um Really, really pretty colors. The double cluster looks like jewelry almost, right? Um, uh, You know, and you don't need a whole lot of integration time on it. It's nice and bright. Um, But, uh, you know, I I would still encourage that. You know, going after nebulas are are great, but I think think clusters get forgotten about a lot. They're not as it, uh, they're they're just as as stunning when they're when they're done properly. Yeah, but you're right. There's they're they're less there's less of that wow factor when you you just it's so easy to go for a bright nebula you've seen uh, on Apod instead of a star cluster. But yeah. yeah. So uh, to to uh, to our excitement, Trevor, we were talking about this before um, we started recording. There is a comet right now. Yeah, uh, it's it is a, uh, a short period comet. It comes around every five point four years, and this is predicted to be one of the brightest times to uh, to see the comet. Um, it's Comet Forty Six P Wire Wire Tannen. That's it. Wire Tannen. Wire Tannen. Uh, discovered in nineteen forty eight, and um, is expected to. Be at its brightest on December sixteenth, and it's supposed to hit a mag three or a mag four, which is on, amazing. When is it supposed to be? December sixteenth. December sixteenth. Okay. Um, it's a quarter mag moon. four. Okay. It's a Sunday. Uh, so we, you know, call in sick on on Monday. <laughs> yeah, sorry. There's a comment I need to see. Well, I'm sure we could probably look for it on Saturday as well. Um, the, yeah, you would think the days leading up to it will be almost as good. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this this is a, a good target to go after if you ever wanted to see a comet. If you haven't seen one before, you know, get a pair of binoculars. Um, it is supposed to be uh, on the 16th right next to Pleiades. So it'll be very, very easy oh, to wow. find, nice and high up. Um, uh, you know, uh, do a search on it. So... Uh, Comet 46P, uh, you'll get all kinds of info, and you'll be able to see when it uh, will be next to the Pleiades. So I, I encourage everyone to check that out. Um, if you want to see what it looks like, an early glimpse, taken on November 8th, look at uh, Damien Peach on Twitter. He's got an amazing shot of it through a 20-inch scope. Really, eh? Yeah. 
everybody should have a 20 inch scope yeah damien peach nice. deserves a 20 inch scope he's his planetary work is just it's you you almost don't believe that he's taking these shots from earth he's the close-ups he gets do you know what do you know what kind of scope it is 20 inch i'm guessing it's like a like a plane it's wave? an f3.6 asa oh okay you know what that is yeah i know what those are those are nice it's just a regular backyard scope. Sure. <laughs> I got one on order. Yeah. I can <laughs> I can only imagine what a tw- yeah, I uh, 20 inches is is massive, so. And then he did it in LRG LRGB. Mm-hmm. Heavy on the luminance and then just a short amount of color time just to add that color, but yeah. Uh photographing comments is uh is a tough challenge because it's they're moving at a different rate than side reels. So there's I know there's strategies to that. It's not something I've got into. So if I'm taking a picture of this one, it's going to be um, blurred. I'm not going to be able to focus on the track the comet speed. I know there's ways to do that. I just haven't done it yet. Um, I think there's PhD. I think has a comet tracking feature, um, huh. and then. You know, a lot of a lot of mounts you can do a custom side reel rate, um, or uh, if you're going to do it through software and let the uh, let the software control uh, the mount, um, I think that'll work as well. I have I haven't done it myself. Um, I'd like to uh, I'd like to give it a shot to to try my hand in comet imaging, um, and if it's going to be next to the Pleiades, and that's you know that's perfect. That's going to in December. That's almost going to be straight up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, if you've taken images of comets, uh, uh congratulations. <laughs> 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 um, hopefully you can share some secrets with us and, uh, you know, post a picture on the Facebook page. Yeah. It's never, that's astrophotography for you. It's never ending. When you get good at one aspect, there's so many more to explore. And let's say you feel like you've just mastered the art of capturing all objects, then you can go through and capture them and you'll never run out of new targets. That's right. You get into double stars and clusters and it's just... And then when you complete the Northern Hemisphere, that's when you move to the Southern Hemisphere and start all over down there. Yeah, and there's other aspects of it too. There's a science side of it too. If you wanted to oh. uh, you know, try out some of the uh, like exoplanet hunting and... Yep. Um, uh, similar type of activities. You can do that spectro- spectroscopy. I say that right? Spectrography? That's it. I think that's I think. We know we know what we're talking about. Oh we're professionals. Yeah. Um you know that that's a whole other field as well that people like to do and enjoy and compare their findings to to other research uh findings. Um yeah. there's a book written by Jerry Hubble Jerry is the vice president of engineering at Explore Scientific. Um, and yes, he is actually related to Hubble. Um, that Hubble. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, that he, Hubble. That Hubble. And he wrote a book on um, astro- uh, uh, astro- backyard, sorry, on astrophotography for science, scientific astrophotography from your backyard. Very cool. Scientific Astrophotography from your backyard. Yep. And, How cool is uh, that? It's uh, let me bring it up really, really quick. 
because I saw it uh, the other day actually on Facebook and uh, scientific astrophotography that's what it's called so um, you know if you want to try something else out that's something to do too but I think uh, I think we've pretty much covered a there's, lot of there's the some, basics yeah we've mentioned some great targets and I'm sure you guys will be uh, going after one of them yeah. uh, but it would be cool to list uh, any of the ones we've missed on uh, the Facebook page uh, also what we should probably end it off with are you because it supposed to be kind of clear tonight are you going to be setting up steve i am set up well oh, sorry are you <laughs> you're all set up we know that are you going to be pressing are you going to be turning your computer on and capturing images if it's clear that's what i'll be doing i gotta i gotta get that tack working yeah after spending you bought all the accessories now you've got everything you need holy smokes they're not cheap no they're really nice. Anyways, yes, that's my plan. Are you setting up tonight? I'm setting up question? tonight. No, uh, yeah, it is a silly question. I'm setting up tonight. Even if there's one clear hour, I will be imaging. Uh, the plan is the Triangulum Galaxy with a 5D Mark II through an Esprit 100. Uh, like I said, I'm just, I've got this new motivation to capture that galaxy knowing about NGC 604. So, yeah, that's kind of what I'm digging right now and you're using that new filter too right that l pro filter yeah the optolong l pro so broadband targets like triangulum i'm anxious to give it a go making a difference it helped with the pleiades that's for sure i yeah. got my best pleiades image from the backyard which i uh i wouldn't even even attempted before but i wanted to see if i could you know capture those blues uh from home yeah that's really cool really cool yeah. so well, I think we should leave it there and uh, let everybody make up their target list for the winter and and uh, give it a go. What do you think, Trevor? I think that sounds good. I wanted to mention one more thing. My YouTube channel has a uh, members-only group now, so you'll see a join button on, my, uh, on the YouTube channel page. And if you join that, it has exclusive... I'm going to do more of the behind-the-scenes stuff uh, behind some of the videos I, I create. Uh, some live Q&As, some live streaming, and stuff like the plan is to actually put this video I'm recording of this podcast up on that section as well. So uh, just kind of extra perks for people that are really interested in, in what we're doing. So just wanted to throw that out there. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Okay, I'll join. You'll join. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Dean. You're welcome. All right, everyone. Clear skies. Clear skies, everybody. <laughs>